You already know that networking in the right circles will help grow your business and that warm introductions are better than cold calling. But what you don't know is the secret sauce of super connectors. You know, those people who always seem to know the right folks. What is it that they do to help develop a highly responsive network? My next guest, Joyce Lehman, has the answer. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Joyce Lehman is a national speaker, author, presenter at TEDx, and connector. And it's ironic because she said she's a former wallflower in the world of business networking. But come on, she knows firsthand that it's not easy and that one of the biggest obstacles you have to face when going into a networking opportunity is the self-talk going on in your head. And it was through some training at the Pacific Institute that Joyce learned how cognitive processes influence mindset and success, and it transformed her life. She discovered it all starts with how you think, and it builds on how you connect with people. So as a result, Joyce loves to connect And she loves to help people step out of their current habits, push their comfort zones so that they can recognize and leverage new opportunities that are right under their nose in front of them. She uses her extensive training and experience in the science of mindset and the art of business connections to provide the one-two punch that gives you an advantage over the other guy. She's worked with various industries and sizes of organizations, including household names like Hallmark, And her practical wisdom has also been captured in book form, the most recent being Your Connecting Advantage, Success Tactics to Turn Life into One Big Networking, ooh, change that, Connecting Opportunity. That's what I'm talking about here. And it's why it's such a pleasure to have her on the show. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Joyce. Thank you, Hannah. I'm excited to be on the show. Well, I'm thrilled to have you because when it comes to business networking, you know, just the word networking alone can trigger some strong feelings in people and emotions. Everything from having that pit in your stomach to, hey, party time, let's go. Hey, have we met? Here's my card. Where's your card? Who's next? That kind of thing. And it, it's just really disconcerting sometimes to figure out how somebody is supposed to fit into that because there can be all these extremes. And I'm totally fascinated by the work you do in blending the science of mindset and the art of business connections. How is what you do and advocate different from the traditional networking that we hear so much about? When people talk about networking, what they tend to focus on is networking is an event. You go to an event and that's where you're making these connections. The reason I crossed it out on the front of my book and inserted the word connecting is because every single day you have connecting opportunities and they don't always happen at an event. I have made some of my best connections as an example, getting my oil changed and sitting in the waiting room and made a stellar business connection in that regard. I've made other great connections online 
just for the fact the individual I wanted to meet was not here. So it's a shift of what you think networking is. That's the start. Well, that's really interesting. So let's talk about those first impressions. Like, you know, you're sitting there getting your oil changed. I mean, how did you connect with that person? How did the conversation start? Most people either stare at a TV or or pick up a really old magazine and leaf through it and pretend to be interested. Well, and that's a great question. And part of that goes back to mindset. Because when I first started, I was the type of person, the reason I was a wallflower is if you put me in an event, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. When I made the shift and I realized that making a great connection is just simply about having a conversation without an agenda, because too often when we walk into a networking event, your agenda is you want to sell something, you want to meet somebody, and you want to see it as a business opportunity. Well, when you're getting your oil changed, you're just getting your oil changed and sitting there. And the gentleman that was with me, it was at a group called Casey Auto Sports. So it was a small, in fact, it wasn't a dealership, but it was just a mechanic shop. He was on his computer, I'm on my computer, and we were working. We had about an hour, and we just started into a simple conversation. What was funny is we realized we we're both cyclists. It wasn't even a business thing. It was simply a conversation. And out of that, then we started discussing business. And it's been two years. And in fact, he recently made an introduction for me. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. But uh, somehow, though, your conversation had Mm -hmm. to extend beyond that one hour waiting for your oil change. How did you maintain contact? Well, that's the beautiful thing about social media is following up connecting on LinkedIn, which I'm a huge advocate of social media, but I also have to say, I want to insert that piece as far as you have to have a strategy because not everybody's going to be on every social media platform, but if you're in business, then LinkedIn is your place to start. So Alex and I connected on LinkedIn. We are actually now Facebook friends as well, but I use Facebook a little bit differently than a lot of people do. So that's where the conversation was. And then just continuing touch points. And that goes to the relationship that you're trying to establish. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation we could get into, Hannah. But, you know, truly when you make a connection, figure out, is it a business connection, a friend connection? And, you know, if it's a potential client, how you're going to touch base and follow up. But truly, that's where it is. Well, I think we may have to have a follow-up conversation about, you know, the the strategy, because I think that could be a whole other segment, a whole other episode, which I'd love to explore. But, you know, let's talk about the strategy uh, a little bit. How can somebody develop a more successful connecting strategy? Well, when it comes to connecting, the first thing that I do when I work with my clients, so I do keynotes and breakouts, I do training, like you mentioned, Hallmark, and then I have my private clients. The first thing that I do when we're sitting down in a coaching session is I want to understand their business. Who is their market? Who, what do their clients look like? And also what do their potential referral relationships and strategic partnerships look like? Who are they already doing business with? Who do they want to do business with? And then where are those people hanging out? Mentioned social media earlier. If you client base is spending a ton of time on Twitter and you don't feel that there's any value for Twitter, then you may be missing opportunities. If you're, take it to an actual event, if you're going to one type of networking event, but your client tends to, or your, you know, your client type, I should say, tends to spend a lot of time somewhere else, 
then you're not always being strategic about the time that you're spending in that business development role or even just relationship development role. So it comes down to clarity is the first thing. Who are you? What are you looking to accomplish? And this is a great question to ask is, you know, I always thought I was B to C and then I realized I'm actually B to B when I look at who hires me, which goes to where are the people you want to talk to and connect with spending time. Sidetracking for a minute, it's going to be a little different with referral partners and strategic partners. And that gets into the whole business development role and how you build your business off of that. Simply networking. If we go back to where do I spend my time networking, who do you want to meet, and where are they most likely going to be? It's not always a sure thing, but it pays to take the time to really think about that. Well, that's interesting. You said it's not always a sure thing. How much do you think luck plays in the role of networking? That's the whole serendipity idea. Well, yeah, and I love I love serendipity. Tony Shea coined the term collision rate. And to me, well, luck favors the prepared. <laughs> so that's why the very first chapter in my book, it's interesting because when you ask what you know makes things a little different, too often people just walk into an event or they're going somewhere and they don't think about when that connecting opportunity, say, happens, getting your oil changed, what happened when Alex Googled me? What showed up? What was on my LinkedIn profile? What's my online presence? What does my brand look like? Because those perceptions can go a long way. You also have to keep in mind, too, is, you know, sometimes you're in an event and somebody may have already been out searching for you and you haven't even met them yet. So when it comes into those serendipitous moments, I like to be prepared. I like to have as I said, my brand intact, what I'm going to say based on who I'm going to meet. But I also know how the mind works, and that's the training from the Pacific Institute. And too often people say, well, it just happened that I met them. I have a specific mindset when I go in to an event. In fact, when I start the day, I want to make great connections. The connections aren't always for me. They could be for somebody else. But it's understanding the mental filter in your brain. It's called your reticular activating system and how it can actually tune in to the information that you're looking for. To give you an example, the last time you bought a car, Hannah, and you drove it off the lot, did you start to notice that car everywhere in that color? That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's your RAS. That's that mental filter. So when you talk about serendipity and, oh, I got lucky and I just happened to meet this person, For me, I realize that when I get specific about could be a company, an individual, or maybe it's just keywords, keywords that somebody might use as far as a customer having a pain point or maybe something that's going on, you know, within the city that you want to get connected into, you'll start to tune into that information because we've got 6 billion bits of information flying through our brain every second. The more clarity you get and you get that strategy around it, your brain starts to pick up on the information. It's not magic. It's just we get clear and we hear it through all the rest of the stuff that's going on. I know that's a little interesting to take in, but that's that cognitive psychology piece. But it's just so much fun when you can apply it into connecting opportunities. Well, it's interesting, too, that the way you break it down And as opposed to when it gets all lumped together and it's like, oh, well, that's just luck. You know, that's serendipity, whatever. Well, we just happened to connect. 
And this way, too, it helps people identify where they could be a little bit stronger as opposed to this big amorphous thing that you kind of can't get your arms around. So I think that's really helpful. Thank you. Now, we mentioned before the internet and connecting, and certainly LinkedIn is a very powerful tool, and it seems like we get another you know, social media platform every other day. But you know, there's one thing about maybe reaching out too much, and I think some people have a fear of stalking, like with, with Facebook, which is why some people like totally lock down their profiles. Any suggestions about the best way to reach out to somebody versus overdoing it, how many touches, what kind of frequency, just anything, because nobody wants to be viewed as a stalker. Great question. Great question. So the first thing I'm going to go back to is if you're going to go out and look, say you're on LinkedIn and you're going to go look at somebody's profile, then your profile better be intact. What I mean by that is a great photo. It takes one-tenth of a second to make an impression based on a photograph. If your LinkedIn profile looks like a resume and not a story of how you can benefit somebody who wants to work with you or be, you know, I keep mentioning the word referral relationship with you, you've got to make sure that your online presence is intact before you go looking at other people, especially when they come back to look at you. So that's the very first thing that I would do. When you're on LinkedIn specifically, and I will throw this in, 12th most searched website on the internet, it is a powerhouse when used correctly. I use LinkedIn for multiple reasons. I use it for thought leadership. I use it to find potential clients, cultivate business connections. In fact, I'm putting out a LinkedIn publisher post today of my interview with Sandra Yancey, the founder of eWomen Network. So you can use LinkedIn for a variety of reasons. When you reach out to somebody, and we'll start just with that profile, but you can actually apply it to all social media, do a little bit of research first. It's not stalking, it's research. You've got to know why you're making the ask. You know, why are you reaching out? If somebody sends me a generic LinkedIn request, then I'm going to wonder who is this person and I'm going to put it back on them to tell me why they feel that we should connect. The second thing is when you send somebody a connection request on LinkedIn, you want to customize it. So click on friends. You don't have to have their email. And then just put a little snippet. What did you notice in their profile? What do you think the value is? of starting that relationship. Is it a, I really don't know, but I really like what you say about culture or I see that we have a lot of mutual connections in common and I'm all about creating great relationships. So be clear as to why you're wanting to make the connection and then make it easy for somebody to follow up with you. If you're connecting with somebody on Facebook, that's a whole different thing because you don't have the opportunity to send a friend request With an introduction, that paragraph, you just have to send it and hope that they respond. Twitter, you can follow somebody and you can immediately add value by retweeting something that they say or mentioning them in a comment. So that's another way to use that platform as far as raising awareness. I will tell you one of the stories in my book, and it is actually called It's Not Sucking, It's Research. Terry Pichetti was a CEO in Kansas City, and I read an article in a magazine, and I simply wanted to connect with him. It was not to sell him. So I went to the website, and I will tell you this took all of five minutes to do because I've gotten very fast in my process. Skimmed the website, found out he had his own blog at the time, skimmed a couple of blogs. I went to his LinkedIn profile, but I did not send a connection request. I went to Twitter 
He was CEO of a technology company. He's all over Twitter. So I followed him, retweeted, and that afternoon he reached out on LinkedIn and asked me to coffee. So I would look at it from being clear about who you want to connect with, what's the value, why do you want to make the connection request, and truly how you can immediately add value back to them. So those are three things to think about. Those are three great trips for sure. I think Zig Ziglar had a quote one time, you know, you can get anything you want by helping other people get what they want. I'm paraphrasing. It's not an exact quote. But that seems to be along the lines of like this strategy that you just outlined. It also gets into the mindset of when you add value, when you always think about adding value first, and that comes from Bob Berg, who I love and adore, mentor, my networking guru. When you think about adding value for the introverts and the people that feel uncomfortable going into an event, it takes the pressure off of you because you're not trying to sell somebody something. You're looking at what can I do to help you? How can I add value to your life first? How can we just make a connection and see where it goes from there? It's like being the host at the party, helping to make other people feel comfortable. Exactly, Hannah. That's it. A moment ago, you talked about research. Are there, there any tools out there that you could recommend that could help us in this regard besides knowing about Twitter or, or LinkedIn or whatnot? Ways to research people? That's a great question. I love technology hacks. In fact, I've got a whole chapter on them in my book. My favorite hack is Crystal Nose. It's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-K-N-O-W-S. This is a great research tool, and I'm also going to say again, it's not stalking research, but what happens, for example, Hannah, is say you called me and wanted to set up a meeting, and I only had a few minutes on the phone, and of course, I could go out and look at your social media platforms and see what you posted. With Crystal, there's a plug-in that you can use via email, and then it also goes into Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn and attaches directly to those profiles. It's going to gather the data, and what it's going to do is tell me how to empathetically communicate in your voice. It'll actually coach you through an email and tell you, great job, one change, two changes, based on the language that you use. It'll give you keywords and phrases, because if you're looking at creating meaningful connections, then you need to understand the other person's style. The other cool thing about Crystal is they've now woven the disk personality profile into it, so it gives you a really great snapshot. So whether you're researching somebody, you just want to develop a more meaningful relationship, there's lots of things you can do with that, but Crystal Knows is the first place I would start, and it is my favorite hack. Great, great suggestion. Thank you. Now, you've mentioned your book a couple of times. Let's talk about that. It's called Your Connecting Advantage. What inspired you to write that? I have been living it since 2005 when I was working for another company, and then I started building my own company and didn't have a clue what to do. Part of the book is my process, how I went from wallflower to connector, the mistakes that I made, and I talk about my $23,000 mistake. Actually, there were a lot of mistakes lumped in there when I was first starting to build my business and had no strategy and was spending money with a lot of great people that knew what they were doing, but it wasn't the right fit for my business. And then it's all the stories that I get from working with clients and just my experiences. Ultimately, 
the book came as a result of people saying, how do I take you home with me? They would hear me do a keynote or I would come in and do a training. They're like, I need more of this. I took notes, but I need more. So that was just a result of taking what had been in my head for 11 years or 10 years, I should say, because I published it last year and putting it in the book. Interesting. And so what would be the one thing you'd want a reader to take away from your book? Well, the first thing I will tell them is buckle up. If they follow every tactic that I give them and there is a tactic on every page, it will take somebody an average of two months to get through the book. There's mindset. We have a focus. There is the brand and thought leadership. There's building strategic relationships. There actually is a chapter you'll be happy to know on what to do to go to the right networking events, choosing the events, um, how to stay away from card counters, if you need a wingman, all of that good stuff. So part of it is there's something for everybody. Whether they're a newbie or a seasoned connector, they're going to get nuggets of value out of the book. But it's going to take time. It's not like you just read it and you're done. It is going to take some time. And that's what people love about it. It's like a mini training session in 212 pages. Well, I'm going to have to check that out <laughs> for sure. It sounds sounds interesting because I, I know I've sometimes been at what I would consider the wrong networking event in retrospect, you know, because so many of these groups, they have fascinating sounding names. And then you go there and you realize that the people that are attending probably are not the right audience for what you have to offer. And so it does sometimes feel like you're spinning your wheels. Definitely going to check out your book. We're going to have a link to your book on our episode page right here on businessconfidentialradio.com, as well as some links for contacting you, because I would imagine some other people want to take you home with them as well, Joyce. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> well, and I, I thank you for thank you for saying that. It was interesting. I just facilitated a workshop last week, and I always get more time and can I take you home. I had a woman at an event. She goes, can I put you in my pocket and just carry you around at an event with me? This would be great. I'm like, I do provide wing woman services. We can do that. Yeah, that kind of be like Cerno de Bergerac. You're whispering in people's ear yes. what to say at the right time. <laughs> yeah, stand this way. Do this. You're right. Yeah, that would be great. Who knows? That could be a movie. Maybe we should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, you know, your career has gone through some really interesting transformations, and I'd love to hear about what's influenced your choices. Could you share one of your influencers with us? One of my biggest influences is Denise. I should say a person is Denise Mills. I met her in 2005. I was actually at a networking event trying to learn how to network. And Denise was speaking, and she literally had the kind of energy that lit up the room. And I said, I don't know what that is, but I want that. Two conversations later, I found out that Denise was a project director for the Pacific Institute, which is based in Seattle. And when she said, there's this program you need to go through, I went through it. And that gave me the foundation for the cognitive psychology, the mindset. Some people call it performance mindset, but it was understanding how my mind worked, conscious, subconscious. And, you know, they've been around 40 years and worked with 6 million people globally, including in a lot of Fortune 500 companies. So Denise laid the foundation that everything I do now is built upon, whether it be when I started my speaking business and being able to push comfort zones, because public speaking used to be my second biggest fear, 
to getting out to an event and being able to look at it in a different mindset. So Denise, I truly credit for that. And I just adore her. And to me, you find people like that in your life and they can truly open up a world of possibilities for you. They are a treasure. They definitely are. So it's wonderful that you had that experience. As you were going through that training at the Pacific Institute, what was one of your biggest aha moments as you were doing that? Aha was understanding, people probably heard the term self-talk. It's the 50,000 plus thoughts we have a day and how our thoughts can drive us into negativity bias, which is a hardwired response from hunter-gatherer days, or it can actually drive us towards a positive result. You know, as an example, you're walking into an event, you've been rushed, you're stressed, and the thought goes through your head of, I'm wasting my time and I'm not going to meet anybody which in turn will trigger your subconscious because it does what it's told. And then somebody could be standing next to you talking about, you know, they're in need of your services, your specific services, and you don't hear it. Versus you walk into an event, you're stressed, you're tired, you have an intention, but you know what, I'm here to make three good connections. And it just completely shifts the outcome of what's possible. And it goes to mindset. That's a huge piece. And it starts with what you say to yourself all day long. Fascinating. Is this akin to the law of attraction that people talk about? No, it's actually cognitive psychology and social learning theory. The program that I went through at the Pacific Institute is founded in that. And some of the top cognitive psychology researchers in the world have developed that curriculum. So it does sound similar to law of attraction, but when you understand physically how your mind works, so what it's doing, and also building neural pathways and filters and all of that, it's a different approach. I do know it sounds similar, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm glad to hear it, that there's science behind it and not just wishful thinking. So bravo. Yeah, and it's fun stuff. Joyce, this has really been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this conversation and learning about how to become more of a super connector, learning about your journey. This time has really been terrific. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website again is businessconfidentialradio.com. Com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. 
and the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com and connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.